folks hello howdy uh i am exhausted three concerts in one week plus going out for halloween <sighs> like a boss yes who uh, are you for halloween oh same costume i do every year devo because i've got the hat yeah. i had the yellow suit from uh, the air guitar competition it's it, it was easy <laughs> yeah yeah i could just like I, I didn't really i didn't really do halloween this year i i just hung out hung out with friends and we Watched music videos on the YouTube and and uh, add delicious food. Delicious food is good. Yeah. So, yeah. Concert Palooza, October 2013. It's finally done. Last night I saw They Might Be Giants play the first album in, in its entirety. Not in the order, but in its entirety. Night before was Melt Banana, Sparks on Monday, Void Vision last week. Wait, so they played the album, but they didn't do it in order? Go figure. That's weird. <laughs> Uh, they, yeah, might be, they might be giants. They can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, they've been doing that lately where they'll like do like, oh, we'll, we'll do an album and then they'll just do all the songs or most of the songs from the record, but just throughout the normal set, which is kind of weird. It, it does avoid the, the problem we had with the, uh, the Long Winter show where they had to basically change the tuning every song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, opportunities for stage banter. Mm-hmm. And Toddler Highway was performed by the avatars of they, with an extra verse. Ah. Oh, I saw that. Like Flansburg had posted like a on the Tumblr a um a a, a a look like a chord sheet with the extra verse. Yep, it was cool. It sounded like a commercial for a truck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's not all happy news before we get into the picks this week because I I, I think we do need to talk about uh, the passing of Mister Lou Reed. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't That's know. Sad. I don't know how big you folks are on uh, the Velvet Underground or uh, or Lou uh, Lou solo stuff, but yeah, you know, I'm a fan. And you know, then of course I'm also a fan of uh, his his wife uh, Laurie Anderson, who uh, published a very touching um, obituary for him in a local paper in Massachusetts, uh, which I've I was going to link to the original, but it seems to have vanished. So I'm going to link to one of the uh, sites that reposted it. Uh, it's very, very, very touching. Yeah, I, I, I really thought that was actually pretty moving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. not much of a, not much of a Lou Reed fan, or at least I haven't uh, become one yet. But I knew that uh, he did um, have a guitar built by Carl Thompson, so that was my main uh, connection to him. So, mm-hmm. it's too bad. Well, but, he was young, fairly young, right? Well, seventy-one. Seventy-one. Okay. Yeah, complications from his liver transplant. Mm. Which the fact that he needed a liver transplant when you know his history doesn't surprise you too much, but hey, you know that's <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not an easy thing. Um, sure. Yeah, if you if you want to get into the Lou Reed, uh, your your best bet would be to do the first Velvet Underground record, the Velvet Underground. Yeah, I have and that in Nico. my audio. I think mm-hmm. I also didn't I also pick that for a pick. I uh, know you picked a uh, Chelsea Girl. Oh, okay. I knew there was like something. Okay. Uh, and yeah. then you can also get the Lou Reed second solo record. Uh, Transformer, which was produced by David Bowie and has 
his most famous solo song, "Walk on the Wild Side," which is not a, which is not the best song in the record by any stretch. Personally, I throw my lot in with "Satellite of Love," and not just for the Mystery Science Theater connection. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was all like, "You would, Dark Crow." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, that, that 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 username was not actually a reference to uh, to Crow's dark twin, T- Timmy. Timmy, Timmy. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I was honestly, I, yeah, I just assumed it was. I thought, I thought it was a Timmy thing. Nope. Uh, I actually still never actually seen that episode. I gotta get on, get off of that. Anyway, um, rat holes. <laughs> <laughs> so rat do, holes, nothing but rat holes. Do we have <laughs> any, uh, do we have any personal business, any other personal business to discuss before we go into our scary music picks? Mm, not really, unless you want to elaborate on your concert palooza extravaganza. <clears throat> I am just so tired. Uh, <laughs> 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 you no, partied out, man. Yeah, no, Sparks were incredible. Um, they uh, they they did a lot of uh, deeper cuts on this uh, on this revenge tour. Um, they did. Uh, oh goodness, let me just pull up the setlist.fm here. Sparks. Yeah, they um started off with your call is very important to us. Please hold, which was a shock. Awesome. You want to talk deep? Because what would Catherine Hepburn say? The song they wrote for their former drummer Christy Hayden. Oh wow. Um, BC Big Boy Nicotina of all things. Oh, cool! I love Nicotina. It's not one of my favorites, but it worked. Oh, <laughs> that's all right. Hey, you, you, they got enough that you can like what you like. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, those mysteries, which blew me away. Oh wow! Uh, Triads for the human race. Oh, awesome! I love that one. <laughs> uh, and um, the number one song in heaven, part two. Oh, yes, they did. Because yeah, last time, yeah, because last time they just did uh, part one, basically. Yeah, no, this was they did part two. Awesome. <laughs> uh, they also did a, d- a different set of songs from the Ingmar Bergman thing, and oh, you know, like I said, it was, it was a lot, some deeper cuts. But you know, they also did you know this town is big enough because they have to, and suburban homeboy, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, they did like some of the big ones, but uh, it was great. Um, Milk Banana was. I, very, a, okay. I was gonna say, I hope they do a record of that of that one too. Same here. Uh, yeah, Milk Banana I saw on Friday. They were very loud and very fast, and they're down to a two piece. Um, and they might be giants. I told you all about, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey, all the songs from the first album. It was so cool hearing, put your hand inside the puppet head, which is, I think my favorite song off that record. Oh yeah. I like that. It doesn't have any guitar on it. Yeah. Oh, um, well the live version does. Uh, Oh, okay. The, I just, I, I, I logged uh, my attendance there on the TMBW, uh, thing. And apparently mm -hmm. friend of the show, Ant was at that show last night. Yes, yes, I was going to mention that he uh, he has uh, flown over to New York. I think he might be flying back, flying, flying back today. Um, but because for whatever reason, he didn't want to spend time in New York and explore because he'd never been there. But what you going to do? Yeah, uh, if if it was me, I'd take the I'd take the uh, opportunity just because I kind of like New York. But mm-hmm. but I was just kind of like surprised. I, I if I'd known he was there, I would have said hi. I don't even know what yeah. he looks like though. <laughs> Because we do this show entirely on audio, no, no video. Nope, nope. It's waste of waste of bandwidth. Yeah, stuff that can go better to find to make the uh, Skype fuck ups in in P 
pure Dolby sound. Yeah. Sorry. So picks. Uh, I think uh, I get to go first this time. Am I not mistaken? Sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. Okay. Uh, my pick this week is a scary album by the scariest band we've ever discussed on this show, at least to you guys, Pear Ubu. Uh, it's their latest album, The Lady Lady from Shanghai. And um, it's here, the I, I think, honestly, the scariest track off of that. Uh, it's called 440, 414 Seconds, and it's it's pretty fucking creepy, I think. Even the glass in the window panes and be fly. terrible dream The terrible thing that I did in that dream The thing that woke me up I asked myself Did I do that terrible thing Only in my dream This is just one of those albums that uh, I, I've been wanting to talk about I've been hesitant to do it because I know The last time I did Paribu with you Was uh, the collection of their early singles And it went over like a Like a lead balloon <laughs> so Tokyo. Uh, yeah and you know this i, I have a feeling you're, you probably if if you were able to make it past the first track which i like but i understand why someone wouldn't because it's just a pastiche of uh ring my bell uh but it's honestly i think this is one of their best records they've ever put out it's just it, it's very it's got an interesting recording process too what they did was uh uh some of them like demo created demo. Some of the band members made like some demo songs and they uh, played them for David. The, the uh, what they would do is they have each player go into the studio without any of the other members and play a part over that demo song, and they just like assemble the results, not having not being able to hear what the any of the other players were playing. Just like you know, here's like a, a rough demo. Go play your part. Okay, get out. You bass player, get in there. So on and so forth. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, they called it the uh, the Chinese Whispers methodology, and there's actually, um, in lieu of liner notes, they produced a hundred page book called Chinese <laughs> Whispers that explains the process around the record, uh, the creative process, uh, reasoning behind it, lyrics, bias of the band members. It's I actually picked it up when I saw them play last month, and and just read the whole thing uh, while waiting for the show to begin. <laughs> A hundred page book of liner notes. So does it come with the record or do you have to buy it separate? You have to buy it separate. Oh, okay. It was like eight bucks. Come on. Well, That's no, a- I don't. I, yeah, but I just wasn't sure. Okay. So uh, I love it. And I'm in particular 14, 414 seconds. I remember walking home one night. Uh, I was just out doing something and I had the record on. I'm walking from the subway to the apartment here and it's it's dark and there's no one else out on the street. And I'm here I'm like, whoa, this is frightening in a good way. And when they performed it live, it carried over the uh, the fright. So, I hope I hope you were scared, but I hope you were enjoyable, enjoyably scared. Um, I don't remember exactly. I don't. I think I've just um, selectively chosen to. My brain has chosen to forgot forget uh, my first pair of Ubu uh, experience. So I don't really remember anything about that record other than it was bad at the time, uh, and perhaps just the memory of. 
the vague memory of that first album lowered my expectations sufficiently uh, for this record. But I actually found this to be more enjoyable than the first pair Ubu record, although I don't remember anything about that first pair Ubu record. Um, I'll take that as the compliment so, I hope it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, I was expecting, you know, my expectations were pretty low. Um, but uh, I thought it was... It's not something that I'm going to put on or really even something that I would ever have the urge to listen to. But while I was listening to it, I kind of I enjoyed a lot of the music. And usually it was like the vocals on top that kind of turned it from something that I might want to listen to so to, to something that I'm probably never going to really voluntarily um, put on. And it's not doesn't feel like a record that I could even if I was a fan. I feel like we might have talked about this on a past show, but I feel like this is a record that even if I was a fan, I wouldn't be able to put it on every day. Um, I feel like it really requires a certain mood or mindset. Uh, yeah, and if it, I it, listen to it, yeah, it's, go a commit- ahead. it's a commitment record. You, when you mm-hmm. put it on, you're committing to however the hell long it. You think I would have this stuff written down or something? I think I think about fifty one minutes or so. Um, I want to. You're probably right. Uh, yeah, fifty one minutes. You know, you're committing to about an hour of uh, of this and. I mean, there's some tracks I think that stand well on their own, but uh, yeah, it's it 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 is a commitment record. Yeah, I agree. And um, John Roderick was just on the Todd Berry podcast, and he was talking about uh, when I pretend to fall and how that was 12 tracks when maybe uh, it should have been um, 10 tracks uh, because one, by the time you get into like the 45, 50 minute range, you're starting, you're kind of you know you have other things to do, and. Um, I think that this record tends to fall into that category, although I'm no, no stranger to long albums. Um, but yeah, this one definitely feels like a commitment, like you said. So, mm-hmm. But overall, um, an improvement, I think, over my first pair of Ubu experience. So I consider that a victory. Mm-hmm. I'll take it, Matt. <laughs> huh. I, have, I, have I talked about Sonic Youth before on, on here? I think you have, but not in great detail. Okay, basically, like, I, I think I'm having like kind of the same reaction to uh pair ubu that i do with sonic youth which is like one of those things where like on paper i should absolutely love them and have them be my favorite band ever because like whenever i read anything about you know them or hear about them and both and i'm talking about both bands here both pair ubu and uh, sonic youth it seems that they're doing super duper cool things that would be so up my alley like like i didn't know about the chinese whispers thing but that is so incredibly awesome to me but for whatever reason, when it comes to the record, I I want to like it, but I just kind of go, okay, this exists. And like, it just doesn't stick with me for whatever reason. And it's like kind of maddening because it's, it, it's something that, I mean, it, it almost feels like it's more of a personal flaw than a flaw of either band where it's just sort of like, for whatever reason, they're doing everything right, but it's still not quite working for me, you know? And it's sort of like, what is missing? Because... Mm. You know, it's there's so much, so much awesome there that like for why isn't it breaking through and, you know, becoming my new favorite band? And I just I don't know, like I, I had that again with um, Lee from Shanghai is like and especially when I found out just now about the Chinese whispers thing, it was like, like if you had told me about the uh, about a record that was done made that way, I would have basically been yes, must listen to now. And, but for whatever reason, like Lady from Shanghai just kind of, it was there. Like I did, I don't, I didn't really, like, I think I said this kind of a little bit on when we did, um, uh, what was it? Terminal Tower? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that it was, it's basically, I wanted to like it more than I did, but I didn't really dislike it either. It was just sort of there. 
And I think, again, it's kind of there-ish for me, which is sort of weird and unexpected. And also, I guess, I don't know if maybe it says something about me that, like, I can find bands like Sonic Youth and Periwood to be just, you know, their music instead of, you know, something weird or whatever. (laughs) I can kind of understand that because Sonic Youth is, is kind of just there for me. I mean, I have two of their records. And I've never really felt the need to go beyond that. I have a uh, goo and daydream nation and I just, I, I rarely put either on. Um, yeah. Can I tell you a, a brief, un- slightly unrelated, but pair story that you remind me of? There's a pair Ubu album called Pennsylvania. I may have mentioned this with the terminal tower, uh, ep- ep- one as well, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, not ringing a bell. So, okay. Anyway, it's, it's, it's long. I'll, I'm going to say that right off the bat. It's, uh, a, it's like a full 80 minute CD. Mm. Though about 20 minutes of that is, like, bonus material. Anyway, uh, I I remember putting it on for the first time, and, like, I had to turn it off about 15 minutes in. And not because I wasn't enjoying it. Well, I guess because I wasn't enjoying it. It was like, I like this, but I can't get past a certain spot, and I just had to give it, like... I think it took me, like, 10 listens to make it all the way through. So, I mean... Uh, the direct cut version is an hour and 10 minutes, but... Uh, the actual album is 51 51 minutes okay <laughs> what, what an odd coincidence anyway <laughs> did we hit upon one of the secret secret easter eggs of uh dave thomas quite possibly anyway <laughs> <laughs> all uh, perubu albums 51 minutes <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> well something about the the pennsylvania lady from shanghai i guess uh Anyway, it it just took me like ten tries to make it through that record. I still don't put Pennsylvania on often at all. In fact, uh, I tend to gravitate to their slightly more pop-oriented ones, like the mod- like the Modern Dance, Dub Housing, Cloudland, Worlds in Collision, mm-hmm. and Lady from Shanghai for some reason. But yeah, and, but yeah, I I understand. I I had a similar incident with Pear Rube is what I'm saying. So I I think I follow you there, but I still like them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's just one of those things where. It's always weird when it's like a band that like like I say like I mean seems to do everything right. It's just that whatever reason there's some sort of barrier there that so far has not been breached. And who knows maybe maybe at some point it'll click like it did with Sparks because I mean like for a long time I was like like I and I've told this story before but I mean, for a long time I just did not get it and then all of a sudden I got it all. <laughs> yeah, give it another try. Maybe go if you're desperate, try Dub House. If you try, or sorry, if you really want to give them an honest try, go to uh, the Modern Dance, which is the one okay. every, everyone really likes. So Dub Housing is the superior early album, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I, well, this went over better than last time, which is good. Yes. <laughs> Success. I think uh, Andrew, you have the you have the next one. I have the floor. Yeah, um, yeah, you you can have the conch. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so my pick this week for our scary music themed show is the new album. I couldn't think of one off the top of my head, uh, last week or last show anyway. Um, but I came up with this one shortly thereafter and this record is called the terror appropriately enough, uh, which is the new album by the flaming lips came out this year. And, um, it's a pretty cool record. And the, uh, the track that I chose that, uh, thought would be good is called you lust. I think it's track four, and we can play that for the people now. Switch 
kind of in contrast, I feel, to... Is the only other Flaming Lips record that we've talked about Yoshimi? I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so, right? Yeah. At least in terms of picks. Um, so, yeah, we talked about Yoshimi Battles, the Pink Robots, and we all love that record. And it's a very... We talked about how it was kind of a... Feels like a very organic, like, living, breathing record. And it it um, really has sort of a life of its own. And... and um, really reflects, I think, the album art, just in terms of its, the way it feels is also the way the album art looks, uh, and with those sort of pastel colors and stuff, um, kind of whimsical, fantastic in, in a fantasy sense. Um, and this record is kind of, I feel like a contrast in a way, and I was just watching an interview with Wayne Coyne um, before the show about how the Flaming Lips don't really have, there isn't really a Flaming Lips sound, it's just kind of whatever they want um, it to be. And this record is kind of a an ambient, dark, psychedelic, um, almost kind of insidious uh, sort of record. It is not all instrumental. There are vocals in there, but it it very much um, is like a contrast for me compared to some of their other stuff. And I'm not well versed in the entirety of the Flaming Lips discography at all. But compared to Yoshimi, it's it's really um, quite a departure. Uh, it's much more sort of intimidating and and brooding and um, Threatening, I guess you could say, and I think the the um, the motivation behind this record was to explore um, a world without love. I think because they were going through this this whole thought process of how that love is always there and love, you know, keeps everything going and keeps us together and so on and so forth. And then they, I guess, they came to some realization that um, even when love does not exist, the world still goes on. And I think this record is supposed to be the terror is the thought of a world that is continuing to exist without love and what a terrifying uh, world that would be. And I think it kind of fits. And looking at the album art, um, it just kind of has this desolate sort of thermal, like um, apocalyptic uh, sort of feel to it. It reminds me of that scene in Terminator 2 when uh, when everything catches fire, when the entire world catches fire. I don't know, something about Skynet. But anyway... Um, I like it. It's a. Uh, it's got a good feel to it. It's very sort of textural. I like you lust a lot. It has a, a pretty good sort of brooding, relentless kind of hypnotic hook. Hypnotic is kind of the word that I'm looking for. And it's a good record to to kind of have in the background while you're writing or otherwise thinking deep thoughts. So there it is. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Is I this is the I I was considering picking this record up when it came out, but uh, I I was kind of like really not. I, impressed by embryonic i have trouble making it through that one because embryonic mm. is also what yet's yeah, now in 11 minutes yeah i've never heard it that's right well and the terror is uh yeah the terror is oh. 54 minutes and 58 seconds because you the provided version you provided had a, a like one track that was also the full record yeah i don't know why <laughs> yeah. they do that yeah it doesn't I, really make any sense it, it that totally threw me when i was like trying to sync this to my iphone like why the hell is this track it, jesus christ <laughs> yeah how long is it without that track? Can we? Can uh, we I think it's forty minutes. So uh, it would be. It's fifty-five minutes uh, without the full album track, and then there's the eighteen minutes of bonus material. Gotcha. Like, like, why would you do that? We already have the record. Anyway, yeah, it's very. <laughs> well, I, I, I know. I, I at the time they said it was because they uh, they thought of it as basically an, like an album rather than a collection of songs and. Uh, so they had included it as one track in case you wanted to listen to it the way it was intended to be when I guess it comes up on shuffle or something. I it, it I, I think the plan kind of falls apart 
about halfway through once you start thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see what they're saying, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, Peruba I... wanted to do something similar with their album Pennsylvania, where they wanted to have it like be all one track or two tracks or all tracks with the same length so that people couldn't skip through. I'll actually have to throw that into the uh, show notes. It all connects. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, you know, after giving this a listen, I'm kind of interested in going back to uh, Embryonic and giving that a try, even if it does have a track bite with Karen O on it, and I'm not a fan of her. Uh, <laughs> we had a bad introduction, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so I, With Karen O, I finally come around, although I, at first I was kind of pissed off because uh, when the IAS started and got big, they were like, pretty clearly a, a, a ripoff of a band that I really like that was just about to break big called Cato. They were doing kind of the same thing, except like with some of the edges sanded off and kind of popified. And it was like kind of annoying because it just seemed to be like they got big just as Cato was like poised to break. Like they were starting to, Cato was starting to get press and everything. And they, you know, they were just about poised to break through. And then all of a sudden the AES, you know, show up and we're like, we're in New York. We're going to kick ass and kind of killed Cato. And then breaking up like a little while later, which is sad because mm. they were the better band. But then, then once the AES stopped ripping off Cato, they actually got pretty good. And I was like, why didn't you start with this? So that way, like Cato could do the Cato stuff like way better than you do. And then you could do the, 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 this stuff and instead because you're better at that than killing a band that was way better <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah you you lost is a is one is really wonderfully creepy especially that whispered voice there let's do succeed yeah, you do that really well i, yeah. I think it's because mm-hmm. i i've i've blown my voice out a little bit from like yelling and screaming at shows <laughs> preparation <laughs> method <you>. actor <laughs> Yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have much else to say about this. It, it's it's uh, it definitely changed because uh, I I do like the prefer like the soft bulletin and Yoshimi stuff. It's a lot more fun and upbeat. But uh, yeah, I mean you, you know I, I can't fault him for doing something different. And I'm glad I finally got a chance to give this record a try because it's I, I didn't listen to the bonus material just so you know. Uh, so uh, I I just hadn't didn't have the chance. Oh. But uh, the album itself is pretty solid. Yeah, and Sun Blows Up today is awesome. And uh, did Andrew did Andrew include the uh, All You Need Is Love cover? No, we've got. Uh, oh, speaking of covers, um, as they uh, Flaming Lips did a cover of Gates of Steel. By oh yeah, Diva live. At, well, no, there's just, there's like a studio version that's a music video. And, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. And that that's pretty cool. I've, I've thrown that in the show notes because you know it's we we all know what I like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's. And it's a pretty solid cover. Yeah, um, I, I did buy uh, the Terror when it first came out, um, and I really dig it. And I, I, because like uh, Sun Blows Up Today was the teaser single, and then uh, they had done a cover of um, All You Need Is Love that was going to be on the record, but they they ended up uh, cutting it at last minute and I, and basically releasing it as its own single. Like I think it was like on iTunes as a teaser single, like you know where you. You know, you buy the single, and then you can complete the record later. That kind of deal. Mm. Um, only it turned out that it actually wasn't on the record anymore. <laughs> so, so um, but yeah, it's 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 a cool record. I I really liked it. But then again, too, I liked Embryonic. Um, although I and I think I've mentioned this before, and it might just be a scam. I don't know. But for whatever reason, when I 
like embryonic finally clicked for me when I actually listened to the uh, the DVD audio version of the uncompressed uh, wave files at 96 kilohertz. Like for whatever reason, like that made the album click for me. Do you need like a 5.1 thing for that? Because I, I ain't got no 5.1. Or you need really good speakers for it because it's it's still stereo, but yeah. And mm-hmm. I've got a I've got a I've got a pretty awesome setup, so I, I think for me it worked. And it, like again, again, too, it could just be feeding into my own, you know, ego re my uh, awesome system, and so it's like it, you know, maybe it's like the same album, and it was just like I was just like, yeah, man, this is totally awesome. This is totally the real thing with my monster cables and whatnot. <laughs> You don't actually use monster cables, I hope. <laughs> God no, that's <laughs> such a fucking scam. <laughs> I used to but work I mean, at Radio I, Shack. I I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but I mean for me, like, but I mean, I I just was talking, you know, kind of making the same thing of the same kind of scam where they tell you it's awesome, so you go, oh yeah, I can totally hear it. I can totally hear it. It's totally real. It's not just a fucking cable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think there was one where they did a, a study of between monster cables and uh, wire hangers. <laughs> I'm not getting like plugging wire hangers in uh, as stereo hookups, and nobody can tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I pretty much always get cheap RCAs because you don't need. Actually, most I think most of my RCAs Dale built for me, just because he has a bunch. You know, I mean, he, well, he's an engineer, and so he has like a bunch of cables and a bunch of jacks, and so he just you know build them there and then you know whenever we were wiring something up you just be building the cables on the fly and calling it good you know so you know so basic basically like my cables are are um artisan cables i guess which is better than monster cables <laughs> but um but anyway though anyway i i really dug um the terror and i i think pretty much andrew was right on with what he was saying especially like about like the desolation of the album sleeve as well as the contents therein and yeah i don't i don't know if i really have a whole lot to add but but yeah i i, I really dug this record and i'm well i'm like i said i'm a big uh flaming lips fan and i mean and as much as i like the yoshimi stuff i i'm kind of glad they're getting back into doing the rock stuff just mm. like and just because that doesn't diminish the existence of say yoshimi but it's yeah it's like i think that they're like yoshimi aside which is like a pinnacle like i think that they're better at the rock stuff or at least it's more consistent or something. I don't, I, I don't quite necessarily know how to say it because like, I mean, Yoshimi is a masterpiece and I'm not, I'm not denying that because that's just madness. But for whatever reason, I, I, I guess maybe I, I, I like the world where the two can coexist. The, the, the pretty stuff and the, the harsh stuff. Yeah. And neither, neither removes the other. So, you know, anyone who's like, exactly. Oh, well, they suck now because like, just go listen to the old shit and shut up. Yeah. Yeah, like that. What the the terror does not remove uh, Yoshimi from my bookshelf or my CD rack or your iTunes library or my iTunes library. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, that would be kind of funny. You buy a record that ends up like you know that's designed to not only buy the record but delete the previous record if you have it. You know, it's like uh, closest thing I can think of is like some band wanted to put out a record with a sandpaper sleeve so that. You put it on your yeah, yeah. Shrek and would wreck the the album art of the records next to it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a hilariously dick move. Okay. <laughs> In fact, I don't even know if that's a fad gadget idea, but there was like 
whoever who was, was like connected with Fad Gadget. Yeah, I think I think it was on mute. I think. Yeah. Which is Fad Gadget's label. Which and is a, that's a Darudi column. There we go. What? Yeah, it was the Darudi column. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, but um, anyway, though, yeah, it was a good enough segue as any. So I'll talk <laughs> about mine. And this time I'm actually Speaking doing something different. Yes. <laughs> this time I'm doing something different because um, I actually have two picks from this album just because. They're different sides of the same coin, and I want to talk about them both, and I want to talk about them both in lockstep with each other. So I'm, I'm, I've got two picks. The first of the picks is the title track from the album that I chose, which is Fireside Favorite. So let's hear a little bit of Fireside Favorite right now. Then the other the other pick, which is the the, the I guess the the flip side, and I know it was a B side. It might have actually been a B side to Fireside Favorite. I don't remember, but anyway, um, the other the other song that I'd like to pick is called Insecticide. So let's hear a little bit of that one now. chose those two songs uh in terms of the creepy show uh is because they're like and not, not the entire fat gadget record isn't creepy i don't want to give that impression uh but i guess it kind of is but you know what i mean it's you know um is that those two are kind of like the the mirror images of each other in terms of creepiness where you have with fireside favorites you have a relatively jaunty music line but the lyrics themselves are very creepy and very disturbing. Like, cause I mean, it's about the, the bombs dropping and, you know, the lovers melting, you know, it's, you know, I, I go for your face, but I'm kissing a skull and that kind of thing, you know, keep your leg or, uh, your legs are still together, but it won't be long in a literal sense of them falling apart. <laughs> uh, and then you have insecticide which is the exact opposite where the music is really foreboding and creepy. And then especially too, because they're the vocals are distorted. So the only thing that really does break through is the smashing my face on the window pane part. <laughs> but if you actually go back and listen to the lyrics and, and read them and whatnot, it's just written from the, the, the point of view of a fly and flies always do that bouncing against the window thing, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's all it is, is, you know, and it's, so it's, to me, it's just kind of funny where you have like, kind of you know jaunty music with horrifying lyrics and then you have kind of cute clever lyrics with 
horrifying music. And it's just kind of an interesting combination. Um, and, and the rest of uh, the Fad Gadget record I, I really love as well. Um, even though this one doesn't have Ricky's hand on, that was a, just a teaser single. But that also kind of fits in with both of those songs um, in that term of the, the creepiness to another um in in service of a, of another story or whatever because it's basically about how you know you should not drink and drive because you'll lose your hand in a car accident <laughs> um but any but um yeah I, I really like this one this is the first fad gadget full length for and uh, it was got on mute and an interesting thing about fad gadget is that after like about three or four fad gadget records he went quote unquote solo even though fad gadget was more or less a solo project anyway but by but uh he started using his real name frank tovey and doing a lot of really more folk kind of stuff like um like a uh, celtic folk kind of thing or celtic folk kind of thing i'm sorry i'm a little bit tired today but um, um celtic folk kind of thing but it was still really really phenomenally good it wasn't one of those things where you know oh i'm going to go and suck now <laughs> you know it's still it was the complete opposite of fad gadget, but it was still amazingly good. So yeah. Anyway, um, uh, what did you guys think of this? Cause I don't, I know Rich is at least somewhat familiar with fad gadget. But I, I don't know if Andrew is at all because they're kind, it was kind of one of those bands that didn't really take, especially in the States. Like they, it was one where like back in the day, like Depeche Mode opened for them. And then in the end of their career, like there was a thing where fad gadget was opening for, uh, Depeche Mode. So, hmm. yeah, Andrew, you yeah, go. I um, okay, I uh knew nothing of Fad Gadget, and I couldn't even find them on Ardio. <laughs> so yeah. um, yeah, so you are right there. Um, but I enjoyed it. I liked. Uh, I actually picked up on the the sort of dichotomy that you explained uh, between Fireside Favorite and Insecticide, um, knowing that you were going to talk about those two tracks specifically. And um, yeah, the whole track, the whole record isn't isn't creepy by any stretch. Um, and jaunty was exactly the word that I was going to use to describe Fireside Favorite. And I really like that track. I like the the horns and kind of the the bounce of it. And I liked a lot of the uh, the first half of the record too with pedestrian and and um, the whole first half, the the second half kind of fades in my memory. I haven't really um, spent enough time with it, but but uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it probably more so than the Perubu record, obviously. <laughs> um, just kidding, but um, yeah, I thought it was good. Never heard of Fad Gadget before, but um, I'm going to keep it around. Cool. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Fad Gadget. I uh, I'm familiar with not not intimately like, um, but. Uh, yeah, I I just I got into uh, started to check him out after listening watching the documentary Synth Britannia, which I'd love to drop mm. in the show notes, but it's like in eight nine different parts on YouTube, so just 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 Google it. I think you can figure it out. Um, and he was mentioned along with uh, all the other similar artists in the British first and second waves of synth pop. Mm-hmm. You know, even though this isn't really synth pop, it's 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 a related genre, I guess. More yeah, like, it's kind. Of- more industrial, I'd I say. I, I was gonna say, yeah, it's but it's a lot poppier than industrial too. So it's sort of industrial. I don't pop. know. It's yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you'd call it that. Yeah, industrial synth pop. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I I had a few of his uh, tracks, including Fireside Favorites, uh, on a collection of mute singles I downloaded mm. uh, legally. Uh, let's assume. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, Does that have uh, collapsing new people on it too? 
Oh, it's like a five, no, sorry, ten disc set of just the various mute singles of all sorts. Every artist that was on mute. So That's you know, it starts awesome. with starts with like the normal goes to uh, Fat Silicon Teens and Fad Gadget. Uh, yeah, I think Fad Gadget was the. I think Fad Gadget was the first actual band on mute or actual person that wasn't just Daniel Miller. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it's. Normal, which is Daniel Miller. Silicon Seed is Daniel Miller. Fat Gadget. Oh, hey, someone else. Then Silicon Seed. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, DAF, non, uh, slash Boyd Rice. I actually gotta talk to you about Boyd Rice one of these days. Uh, mm, yeah. Because I'm curious what your opinion is of him. Uh, but that's sort of off the topic right now. Uh, and so that was my first exposure to Fad Gadget. Um, and I know Fireside Favorites, yeah, Fireside Favorites and Insecticide are, are both on, uh, the first disc of that, uh, collection. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned uh, collapsing new people just because uh, he uh, did. He recorded that one with actually Iser uh, Iser uh, uh, Neubauten. Yes, and <laughs> also you mentioned uh, Fireside Favorites when we were doing the last scary music episode. Uh, That's and, true. Yeah, when we were talking about Rocket USA. Yeah, yeah, and songs about you know nuclear war. Anyway, I'm a fan. Uh, <laughs> actually, I think my favorite track off Fireside Favorites is Pedestrian because yeah, uh, that's. I could sympathize. I, I walk everywhere if I'm not taking the subway. and I am an aggressive pedestrian, okay? If I have the light, if I'm walking, crossing the street and you're trying to turn, bite me, okay? You will wait until I cross before you try, before you get past the, past the crosswalk, dude. I can confirm that. Rich is a very aggressive pedestrian. <laughs> you gotta be I in think this town. Li- yeah, I was gonna say, I think it comes from living in New York, <laughs> you know? Well, well, also in Philly, too. Uh, you know, I, I spend all my life in Philly, for the most part, and, you know, people drive in Philly and people walk in Philly and you gotta, you gotta be on your toes. You gotta be aggressive, be an aggressive pedestrian. I will walk just where I choose. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, I've got the, the, the four fad gadget albums. I just gotta actually get through and, and give them all like a serious listening, but, uh, Fireside Favorites, definitely good stuff. Quite a yeah, and is I re- also a good song too. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I also, like I said, I also recommend the uh, Frank Tovey records. Like, the first Frank Tovey record is still pretty fad gadgety. Like, that's, um, I think, uh, Snakes and Ladders, and that has stuff like uh, Luddite Joe and uh, Luxury on it. But pretty much once he hooked up with the Pyros, like, for um, Grand Union and uh, Tyranny in the Hard Hand and uh, stuff like that, they go really full, but in a really awesome way. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, I have to make a note to check that out one of these days. <laughs> Yeah, like think think kind of more more pogues. I mean, without the punk influence, hmm. or the chieftains, you know that kind of that I mean, kind I, of folk. You I know? have kind of an idea of like of the Celtic thing, Celtic folk rock. I, I kind of have an idea. Okay. Yeah. So we still got about uh, ten minutes if we want to chat about anything else. I just have a little bit of brief follow up uh, from a couple shows back. Uh, I talked about how I had a new pair of earbuds uh, in ear headphones on order. Uh, we didn't have a chance to follow up with that uh, last show because we were too busy gushing over the Long Winters concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the RBH EP2 in ear headphones that I bought on recommendation of uh, from the wire cutter. Uh, arrived uh, several weeks ago, and they are uh, tremendous. I'm a very big fan of them. The wire cutter did not steer me wrong, has still yet to steer me wrong. And um, they're very comfortable. Uh, they come with comfort, I forget what it's called, comfort 
tips, foam tips, comfort foam fit tips, and uh, you roll them up and stick them in your ears, and they expand, and they fit your ear canal, and, and I've worn them for hours uh, comfortably while I'm doing work in the library or something, and they're a wonderful, high-fidelity, uh, portable headphone solution, and while I still love my Sennheisers, um, I can now be uh, confident leaving them at home, knowing that I'll have the uh, the RBH EP2s in my bag and still have a, a good way to listen to music on the on the move, so to speak. So Rich uh, had a chance to try them, actually, briefly uh, before the long winter show. So Rich, if you want to put in your two cents, feel free. Uh, they sounded good. <laughs> uh, ha! I, I, what do you, I, I, I listened to like 30 seconds of stuff with them. Uh, you said they were a little too bassy for you. Yeah, they were I a little too bassy. Very sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I, I've gotten a little over excessive, like large amounts of bass on my, uh, on things. I mean, I like to have to to hear bass, but like, eh, I I want to hear I want to hear trouble. I I, I really gra- gravitate towards like melodies and stuff that's on the high end. So, um, mm. if that makes sense to you, I, you know, you're the bass player, so you're the one who like p- pays attention to that. I'm 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 constantly like, oh my god, I love that synth patch. I love that uh, guitar tone. I love that uh, you know, like oh the bass bass on this is good. That's that's kind of okay. Uh, woo. Yeah, I was coming from the uh, the Edemotics, whatever in-ear Edemotics model I had, and those were treble to an extreme. Like, they had no bass response at all. So going Okay, to well, the, that's that's terrible. That's terrible. You don't, yeah, you, the, you need the fullness and the the um, the spaciousness of the RBH EP2s is uh, a wonderful thing. So if you're looking for a pair of $200-ish in-ear headphones, the RBH EP2s are only uh, $180. So I endorse them wholeheartedly. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know if we got anything else on mine, but uh, well, got a whole nother show coming up in two weeks. We're coming up on the end of the year, so oh been... yeah, we got to have a uh, best of 2013 show. Yeah, uh, well, we should save that for December. I don't know if there's anything big coming out in the next uh, month or two, but uh... Uh, I think I seem to think that there's something cool coming out pretty soon. Uh, dang it, I don't know what though. I guess tonight is, or this afternoon is like the residence all sales day, though. So we'll have to, I'll, I'll be checking that out. Yeah. Are, are they doing that stupid eBay thing again? Uh, no, they're, they're going to a uh, band camp, I think. I'm okay. With like, this. like, yeah. Like, uh, basically they, uh, uh, said that, uh, in, instead of doing them piecemeal, they're going to put like the new album or the new thingy. Um, I think it's basically a collection of tracks of the B474 stuff with maybe some new stuff. Um, but he's going to put up 200 at a time this time. So that will be nice because it's way better than having to fight every, every other residence band for one of 10 or one of 20 at a time, you know, and then it's like, oh, okay, I, I put up my 20. Now I'll wait some weird number of days to put up uh, another 20 and then hope that you get them. And I you end up getting them. Eventually, but it like adds so much weird stress to the whole thing, where it's sort of like you know, just 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 put up a bunch of them and be done with it, and so that way we don't have to have many coronaries every time that we don't get the batch of the first five of the batch of twenties, you know? Because like I say, I mean, after that, you know, pretty much everyone who wants it has or who's diehard about it has got it already, so that way you can pick it, you can still pick it up, you know what I mean? But it just, I don't know, I I. I, I I had opinions about that system. Huh. Well, um, do we have any uh, picks we want to line up for next week? Sure. Okay. Uh, what do you guys got in mind? 
I think I'm going to. I've been listening to quite a bit of new stuff. Um, but I think I'm going to talk about the new Junip album, J-U-N-I-P. It's uh, self-titled, and I believe it's uh, another 2013 uh, release. So particularly the first track, which I be- which is called uh, Line of Fire. Cool. Fire. Fire. I I shall be discussing the uh, uh, a album that uh, I I greatly adore, and I mentioned this band in passing uh, on a recent episode for not great reasons, despite the fact that they are awesome. Uh, I'm going to talk about churches, not chaverches, because <laughs> you can't really pin it. That doesn't work. Uh, it's Pretty sure they- it's chaverches. <laughs> I've I've always I, we'll discuss this next week. Uh, <laughs> uh, all caps. Um, and the it's their debut record and it's called "The Bones of What You Believe." And uh, let's see, I haven't talked about XTC yet on the show, have I? I don't think you have. I want to think maybe you did the Dukes, but I don't even think you did the Dukes. Yeah, well. I'm going to I'm going to remedy that, and I am going to talk about Skylarking, and the track off of Skylarking that I'm going to talk about will be another satellite. Oh, interesting choice. Uh, I really like that one. Uh-huh. And and everyone would expect me to say Dear God, so you know. Um. Yeah. Dear. Or maybe can, Grass. Can, yeah, I like Grass. We can Dear Dear God. Um, is good, but I don't know. It's not really like the song on the record. I think. Especially yeah, since it wasn't, from, especially since it wasn't really on the record. We'll, we'll talk about this in two weeks. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But so, so yes, Skylar King, dig it or be dug. <laughs> um. All right. So, where can we find each other on the internets? Uh, AndrewMarvin.net, AndrewMarvin on Twitter, AndrewMarvin on App.net, LastFM, and that's it. KittySneezes.com. Kitty sneezes on the t- on the Twitter. Uh, maybe on the Tumblr. On the, yeah, on the Twitter, on the Tumblr, not on the Last FM. Last FM, I am Rev Me, but pretty much everything else is Kinesis. And I am yep, Sanspoint.com, Sanspoint on the Twitter. Uh, I have a Tumblr that I've been mostly just posting music videos to, and that's WonderBreathMint.com. Uh, I'm on the Last FM and the AppNet and this and that. And I actually have a, I, I registered RichardJAnderson.com, so that's pointing to a lot of stuff that I do. So go take a look at that. It has a picture of me. <laughs> and we are of course crush on radio.com crush on radio on the twitter and the app net uh, no we're still not on the app net i just haven't gotten, on, gotten around to doing that uh the tumblr no we're not on the tumblr we're out on there the facebook. yes we're on the facebook and we're on the itunes so please rate us and review us and love us and tell your friends about us please please anyway happy not halloween because that was thursday <laughs> yeah Hey, call us the Simpsons because we're late on Halloween shows. Indeed. Anyway, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Likewise. I I concur. I uh, will speak. Still, uh, see you all in two weeks. Indeed. Okay. okay.